Welcome to the best practices for integrating Active Directory with AWS workloads session. Uh, my name is Ron Cully. I'm a senior product manager in AWS Directory Services. Uh, before we get started, I want to just make sure that everybody here is for this particular topic. And if you're just looking for a place to uh, spend some time and kind of relax, I'd like to suggest you go across the street and visit the Ellen slot machines in the Trader at, uh, at Treasure Island. I hear they have uh, degenerous payouts that you would want to have in Las Vegas. <laughs> okay, bad joke, sorry. <laughs> okay, so um, before we get started, I just want to get a, a, a little sense of your environments just by a raise of hands on a couple of questions. How many of you have um, workloads that, I assume you all have workloads you want to move into the cloud that are Windows-based workloads or you wouldn't be here. So let's, I want to break these workloads out into different categories. So the first one is the Microsoft traditional applications like Exchange, SharePoint, um, you know, Dynamics, those kinds of things. How many are wanting to move those up into the cloud? Okay. How many of you have uh, .NET-oriented applications that were custom-built applications you had done that need access to the directory? Okay, a lot more, okay. And then finally, uh, how about um, other third-party commercial off-the-shelf applications? Okay, quite a few. All right, great. Now, that last question is, how many of you today have um, Active Directory access in the cloud that's available to your applications? Fair amount of you, okay, all right. Okay. All right, so what we're going to do today is we're going to cover a few things. One is um, the, the first part of the session is going to be what are kind of the motivations? Why do we even care to have Active Directory in the cloud? And then we'll go into uh, three key buckets of application, or, excuse me, of architectures for deploying Active Directory so it's available for workloads in the cloud. Then we're going to uh, drill in a little bit on um, Microsoft, the AWS directory service for Microsoft Active Directory Enterprise Edition. And I have to make an apology here. Um, we spent an enormous amount of time coming up with the perfect product name. And I hope you won't be offended that I'm going to just call it Microsoft 80. Um, and then after we get done doing Microsoft 80, then we'll go into uh, other AWS directory service type solutions, that, you know, including running AD on uh, EC2 Windows and some other things. All right, so first, why do we care about Active Directory in the cloud? Well, from our on-premise experience, we know that uh, Active Directory provides some great benefits for end users. They can sign on using you know, passwords or certificates and uh, have a single sign-on experience for their desktops to gain access to corporate applications. And the corporate applications have the ability to utilize the Kerberos ticket that was issued to the client, and they can then verify who the user is. They can identify uh, what groups that the user belongs to and provide access control to the applications using a group-oriented uh, structure for access control, which makes it pretty convenient for administration. In addition to that, we also have the ability to join uh, computers into the domain, into the Active Directory domain, and apply group policy. And group policy allows you to uh, establish scripts that run at various times, like at login or log off. You can uh, control security policies on the machine. Uh, you know, there's a number of different things you can accomplish, and you can do that in a hierarchical structure where you can establish group policy for the site, 
or you can go into uh, the domain, or you can go down into an organizational unit, and those policies can be applied in an uh, inheritance pattern down through the, the directory. And that gives us a lot of convenience for managing a large number of machines. Now, well, we believe that over time, um, our customers will be moving pretty much everything to the cloud. We are also today and have always been very committed to helping you find ways to easily make AWS uh, an extension of your on-premises environment. And that's something we call a hybrid cloud configuration. And um, the Active Directory being in the cloud is a key component of making that easy to do because you need to be able to bridge where all your users are that are existing in your existing on-prem network and, and have those users have access to applications and services that are running in the cloud and you want to deliver them these same exact benefits. In addition to that, as you start moving workloads into the cloud, uh, you may be in a situation where you're you know, spinning up hundreds or maybe even thousands of instances of uh, Windows up in the cloud, and you want a way of managing the group policy on those machines uh, in the same way that you might want to do that on-prem. So there's definitely a clear need for having Active Directory in the cloud. So let's uh, start talking a little bit about how, what your options are. Uh, one of the first options, the option that was a, originally pretty much your only option, was uh, having your Active Directory on-premises, having a network connection to the cloud, and join all your EC2 instances that were in the cloud to your on-premise Active Directory. So that was one option. The second option was that you could run Active Directory on an EC2 Windows instance in the cloud and move applications up into the cloud using that directory. And then a third option that we released uh, uh, about just a little, well, it was December of 2015, was the Microsoft AD product, which allows you to have a you know, real Active Directory that's running in the cloud but as a managed service where AWS manages the service. And so we're going to take a look at these three different options that you have available to you, and we're going to contrast, you know, what, what the trade-offs are between these so that you can, you know, pick which the right approach is for you. So the first option that, we talk, that I mentioned was running uh, a, an Active Directory environment in your on-premises network and joining the EC2 instances to your on-premises network. In this uh, situation, you have domain controllers that are sitting in your uh, corporate network here on the far left uh, side, and your workstations and uh, computers that are in your environment are domain joined to that. They're doing authentication, authorization, other LDAP kind of queries uh, to those domain controllers in that yellow dotted line on the left. Now in this situation, what you do is you create a VPN connection or a direct connect connection to a VPC in the cloud, and then you can stand up things like IIS server, SQL server, or .NET applications that you have that need Active Directory access. And those machines, you can, you, you, you know, from a best practices standpoint, it's good to have redundancy there in different availability zones so that you've got some reliability. And those machines are um, domain joined to the domain controllers on your on-premises network, which is the yellow lines with the arrows going back into your on-prem network. Now, as you have users that are in your on-prem network that need access to the applications that are running in the cloud, the blue line is where those uh, application queries are going, and they're hitting those applications uh, in the cloud. The applications are able to get the Kerberos ticket from the client. They're able to use the 
the fact that they're domain joined to verify the user and identify which groups they're part of and apply the access control policies uh, to run those applications. So that's, that's a model that's been out there. Um, are any of you using this model today? Uh, not too many, a couple, just a few. And there's a good reason for that. You know, I, I talked to, I've actually talked to a couple of customers today and what I was told is that uh, they see about a six minute difference having spinning up EC2 instances in the cloud uh, between having AD in the cloud versus having it on-prem and doing it this way. So uh, this, this has some challenges for latency, for chatty applications that use the directory a lot. This can be a bit tricky, but it is something that's an option. The next option is that you could uh, stand up Active Directory on EC2 Windows instances in the cloud that you set up. And those, uh, that could be done as a standalone environment. I'm not showing the standalone environment here, but you could just stand that up in the cloud, put your applications up in there. Uh, if you had, uh, you know, everything was going to be web-based applications that you wanted your users to have access to with no corporate network, you could do that, and the whole area on the left just changes out to be some workstations or laptops that are coming in, and, and that would work. But in this case, we're talking about extending your existing on-prem network, and we're creating either a trust or uh, setting it up so that you can replicate the directory between your on-prem and in the cloud. So if you're going to do the, this uh, configuration, there's, you're going to be doing a lot of the management and the configuration, and I'm going to cover more detail about that and what some of the considerations are later. The third option is that you could have um, used the Microsoft AD product. In this case, the, the configuration is similar, except that the service is managed by AWS. And so in this case, also, there is no replication possible between uh, the on-prem directory and the directory in the cloud. And part of this is that Microsoft did not design Active Directory for a cloud environment. It didn't exist 20 years ago when that happened. So uh, what we're doing is we're managing uh, real Microsoft AD on, on a Windows platform in the cloud, and we've had to adapt it from a security standpoint so that we can provide the management of the, of the solution while you have the administration. And so uh, the model that we can support in that that works is a trust model. And so in this case, the red line represents a trust. There is no replication. <clears throat> now, in this case, um, the, the uh, same scenarios exist, that existed in the last one apply here. And you have also the additional benefit of being able to use some of the um, Amazon applications like RDS SQL Server. So if you wanted to have a managed SQL Server in your network, then that can be placed into the cloud and it connects in and domain joins to uh, the Microsoft AD. And through the trust, you can authorize the users that were coming from your on-prem network to access the RDS SQL Server applications that you're running in the cloud. So that's a, a third option. And of course, uh, this one uh, also you could do everything in the cloud with as well. And that would allow you to bring in things like workspaces for VDI and have uh, just you know, less smart devices that are out in the network coming through you, uh, accessing workspaces as a desktop environment and then accessing all your applications in there in the cloud. So that's another application of Microsoft AD. All right, so let's uh, go ahead and let's talk about these different options and what some of the trade-offs are here. Um, if we take a look, I'm going to go each row one at a time here and talk a little bit about each cell 
So if we look at operations management and we start on the right side looking at on-premises Active Directory, in that situation, you're managing everything. You manage the hardware, you manage the configuration, you manage the availabilities uh, of how you're going to do that, everything. You're, you're doing all the work. Uh, from an uh, EC2 uh, running AD perspective in the middle, uh, this one, you're managing the Active Directory, the configuration, doing all the domain admin uh, functions. But the instances, you don't have the hardware to worry about. At least at that point, you're, you're able to do that in the cloud, and you can scale that up and down as you need. In the case of AWS Microsoft AD, everything there is managed by um, AWS. So we provide a way of simply turning it on. It creates and, and, and configures itself, and you don't have a lot of work to do there. Then we'll do the rest of the management. So that, that can save you a lot in terms of operations management. For availability, on the on-premise, you have to do the availability strategy, the same in the cloud. So in the cloud, if you're doing EC2 on uh, you know, 80 running on EC2 Windows, uh, you want to make sure that you've got a couple of availability zones. You have this in a case a, a domain controller goes down or that something happens with replication or something. In the case of um, Microsoft AD, we've already built that in. When you do the deployment, it comes in uh, two. You get it in two availability zones like it was shown in the previous slide, and so you don't have to worry about that. Uh, from a networking standpoint, if you're using an on-premise Active Directory uh, use case, you have a lot of ports that you've got to open up. You have to open up all the ports for domain joining, for all the AD interactions and LDAP interactions that are going on between your desktops and, the, and your corporate network. Uh, so there's a lot of firewall things you've got to uh, think about and understand how that fits in with your corporate policy for communications between the cloud uh, and your on-prem network. If you're looking at um, running Active Directory on EC2 instances, then you have the ability to do a trust or to do replication. And so now you can have most of your activity to the directory contained within your VPC. So all your EC2 instances are talking to an AD in the cloud. They're not having to traverse across into your corporate network to do that work. Uh, you, if you're using replication, which means you, you start out with uh, setting up an EC2 instance that's domain joined to your on-prem, and then you promote that up and make that a domain controller, uh, then now you, you're replicating it. So now all your user accounts are replicated into the cloud, and all your uh, domain joining can happen in the cloud, and all that gets replicated all the way through. If you're doing a trust model, then uh, you have fewer ports to open than you do if you have a replication model because there's less, uh, less things that go on in a trust. And so you can do a trust model if you wanted to. And in the case of uh, Microsoft AD, the only model that we support there is a trust model, which is the least exposed in terms of you're, you're exposing your on-prem network the least in terms of the communications that flow between your VPC and your on-prem network. And then finally, for administrative control, uh, if you're on-premises, you have full control of that system. You, you, know, you own it. You completely control that. If you're running uh, AD on an EC2 Windows instance, you also have full control. And, and we'll get into a little bit more about what, why that's relevant here in the choice between running AD on an EC2 instance and running Microsoft AD. We'll cover that in just a, a minute. If you're doing uh, Microsoft AD, then 
the way that we were able to do this so that we could provide all the management services while giving you the administrative capabilities is we created an organizational unit in the directory and we provide you delegated administrative rights over that organizational unit. And um, this will accommodate many of the applications that you have, particularly if they're .NET applications that have just basic things that they need in the directory. Uh, but there are some constraints, and I'm going to go into those constraints in a, in a little bit about what types of applications are appropriate for Microsoft AD and which applications are not. So how do you decide which one of these that you really want to use, what's the most appropriate for your network? If you are, um, we'll take the right-hand column first. If you're, if you're okay with... Uh, Architecting the availability, you're satisfied with what you have for your Active Directory infrastructure, uh, you're okay with the security policies of having um, cloud applications uh, uh, and everything, everything flowing through that connection to your on-prem network, you're okay with the latency, um, and you, you don't have a lot of EC2 instances you're dealing with, then that is an option for you. Uh, it's probably not an option that most people want to go toward, but it's certainly something you can do. Now, if you're looking at the other two options, on the left side, Microsoft AD, if you're trying to reduce your costs, uh, this is a really affordable solution. It's um, about half the price of standing up your own EC2 instances and we did the management. So that can be uh, pretty cost effective. Also, if you want to use um, RDS SQL Server and have a managed SQL Server in the cloud, then you'll need to have Microsoft AD if you want to have that work with on-prem users. Uh, in the same way that we had to um, adapt the deployment of Active Directory so that we could manage it as a service, RDS SQL Server has done the same thing. They had to adapt the security model so that they could provide it as a managed service. And so what they do is they join to Microsoft AD, and then you can run your workloads there, but they can't join that to your on-premises network because then it breaks their ability to manage, manage it as a service. So in this case, you would use RDS SQL Server with Microsoft AD and have a trust to your on-prem um, directory, and that allows you to uh, connect that together. Also, if you're using uh, other AWS enterprise applications uh, like Workspaces or WorkMail or uh, WorkDocs, then those applications also integrate directly into Microsoft AD. And now in this case, uh, there's a caveat. <clears throat> If you're trying to use users that are in your on-premises network with the AWS Enterprise applications, those applications have to do a little bit of work in order to support users that are across the trust. In the initial releases of those applications, they made the assumption that the users are in Microsoft AD in the cloud and not in, in the network. Now, we've recently released in, uh, in uh, Frankfurt um, an update for workspaces where we have a, a thing called domainless login. And what it allows um, workspaces to do is it allows them to import users through the, from the trust into workspaces and create the users, and then workspaces can authenticate across that trust. Uh, that's something that, that we're moving toward in other regions. Uh, right now it's only available in Frankfurt, but it's, it, it it's kind of ex expresses the example of how the applications had to change. You have to specify which trust that the users are coming from, because I could have multiple trusts. How many of you have more than one forest in your on-prem network? 
Okay, so if you have more than one forest, then you're going to want to have a trust to each one of those forests so that you can use all the users in all those areas. And so the uh, applications have to be able to know which trust to go to to find those, out, those users to import them into the system so they had to make some modifications. And that, that work is going to be an ongoing thing that you'll see uh, uh, progressing over time. Um, and then also if you have Windows workloads that are on Amazon EC2 that you, that you want to run, uh, .NET applications typically that just need access to a directory, don't have a lot of special constraints, then Microsoft AD can be a really great solution for all of those. Um, now, if you have more sophisticated needs that, are, that, that you're gonna, you may run into some constraints on, then AD on EC2 instances might be better for you. So one example would be if you need a replicated multi-region Active Directory. Um, that's something you would want to use AD running on EC2 instances. Uh, Microsoft AD runs within your VPC. It doesn't do cross-region stuff. So if you were, had multiple regions, Microsoft AD could work if you had set up Microsoft AD in region A and region B and they have a trust back to your corporate network, that'll work great for you, that's, that's fine. But if you needed to have the replication so that the user accounts show up in all the regions for latency reasons or whatever that is, then it would be appropriate to put uh, Active Directory on an EC2 Windows instance in each of the regions and replicate that with your on-prem network. Another one, hopefully you have gotten beyond NetBIOS, but if you have NetBIOS, anybody here have NetBIOS applications that need WINS support? Just, just a few. That's, uh, that's something that we don't support in Microsoft AD, so if you need WINS support, that would be another reason you'd want to run AD on an EC2 instance. And then finally, if you require permissions that are not yet delegated to you uh, in Microsoft AD, then it would be appropriate. So this would be examples like Exchange, SharePoint, SQL Server, always on availability groups, those things. They require additional permissions beyond what you get with your OU. And, uh, and I'll characterize those in, in a slide in a moment so that you understand what applications you'd want to take a look at running in the cloud on Microsoft AD versus which ones would need to have um, AD running on EC2. Okay, now I'm, I'm going to bring up one other solution here briefly. Um, this was our original uh, product that we had released to allow uh, Workspaces, WorkDocs, and WorkMail to have access to your on-prem user accounts to authenticate. And it's called AD Connector. It's a proxy solution. Um, it proxies only for the AWS apps. It's not something that you can use with .NET applications. .NET applications don't have any channel to get through to AD Connector. And so what it does is it does the authentication and it, for, and it also does LDAP proxy for those applications. So if, how many are using workspaces or looked at it at all? Couple? Okay. All right. Uh, in those applications, you have to provision a user account. And so you go into the admin tool and you uh, want to search for users that are in your directory. So it's going to proxy those LDAP queries to find users and groups in the directory so you can provision a workspace. And then once the workspace is created, then when you go to log into the workspace, then you get a, a login page and you log in and we proxy that login request through AD Connector and we get a curb ticket that we cache and is used to uh, get into the, uh, EC, the Windows instances that we create in workspaces. So this is a, a solution that's out there. Um, it's, it was our initial solution, but as we've moved forward in time, um, 
what we found is that people need more sophistication than that. And this solution basically was uh, sort of like the first case scenario where everything's joined to your on-prem network. And there's some latency issues that go on. And people wanted to have an AD in the cloud. So we're moving you know, beyond AD Connector. It's still available. And it's a good solution uh, for the situations it covers. Uh, so I wanted to make sure I talked about it today. Now, another thing that it will do is it will do seamless domain join for EC2 instances. So in EC2, it has the intelligence when you're creating an instance to see the directories that are in your VPC, and you have the option of saying, yeah, I want to domain join this to that directory. Well, the, the, um, with AD Connectory, it shows up as a directory, even though it's a proxy, it shows up as a directory, and you can do a domain join of your EC2 instances to your on-prem using the UI that's in uh, EC2. So that's a, a, a useful feature that it does. Um, but customers who are intending to run applications or workloads, you won't get any benefit because you don't have a way of doing the proxying functions through AD Connector. So I just, I just wanted to touch on it briefly, kind of give you a background on it. All right, so let's talk about um, Microsoft AD. It's a Windows uh, Server 2012 R2 Enterprise Edition running Active Directory. So this is, you know, real actual uh, Microsoft AD. It's not a Samba implementation. We do have a Samba implementation called Simple AD. It's really basic. Uh, if you have any applications you want to run against it, it's, it's going to have a, a narrower set. It doesn't do trusts and a bunch of other things. The, uh, Microsoft AD is really where we're, you know, putting our emphasis and, and providing uh, more and more features and building upon this. Um, for a customer it, uh, administered users, groups, and computers and policy control, uh, you, can, you can do that through Microsoft AD. You do that using your familiar native Windows tool. So uh, act, you know, the Active Directory users and groups tools, you just go up there and start creating users just like you always have. Uh, it does Kerberos-based single sign-on. Uh, it provides the EC2 seamless domain join that I talked about a minute ago and for that you have with AD Connector. Uh, it enables uh, the use of uh, AWS applications, uh, so you can use it with workspaces and those things. And it has a way of setting up trust. And I'm going to cover trust in, in just a minute a little bit deeper. Ah, right here. We have, um, you can have trust models that are supported are one-way trusts or two-way trusts. In a one-way trust, uh, how many, are, are you familiar with trusts? All right, okay. So if you have a one-way trust from AWS to your on-prem, then we can uh, recognize and, author and, and, and provide access control for your on-prem users. You can do a two-way trust. Uh, two-way trust can be useful if you have on-premises resources like printers that you might want your applications in the cloud to have access to. You'd need to have a two-way two trust. And uh, this gives you access to the resources without having to re-authenticate. So that's the model that we support with um, Microsoft AD. Now, setup is pretty fast and easy. You just go to the AWS Management Console. You go to Directory Services. Uh, inside Directory Services, you'll get a screen up there in the far right corner. You just click the blue button that says Set Up a Directory. Then you're going to get a screen in step number three over here. Whoops, back up. Uh, step number three over here on the left, bottom left that you select Microsoft AD. Um, then you go to the configuration page, you set up a couple of parameters like the name of the directory. Uh, you can choose your VPC, but it will default for you. Set up your administrator password, click OK, and that's it. That's all it takes to set up the directory. So if any, I'm sure that many of you set up a uh, directory yourself, and it's a lot more complex to do. This is really only about three, four clicks, and you're done. 
uh, once you get that done, the one thing that uh, uh, some people miss is that there's no way to administer users and groups from the AWS console. Instead, what you do is you join a Windows uh, instance or an on-prem box to the directory in the cloud, and then you use all of the normal Microsoft tools to do the administration, uh, administration work. Now, in terms of the limitations of Microsoft AD, um, first is it, it doesn't do LDAPS support right now. Um, it, all of the authentication is secured. It's all Kerberos, so that's all secured. But if you're looking at LDAP traffic, that is not uh, encrypted by SSL or TLS. So um, in that, if, you, if you have that requirement, that's not there yet. Now, the traffic, typically, most of your traffic is going to be isolated into your VPC. And so from that standpoint, you know, you're not exposing it out onto wires that other people can plug devices into and do a bunch of snooping. So it's, it's not you know, horribly insecure at all. Many people have run with, in fact, you have to go and express, expressly turn on LDAPS in Active Directory as it stands. It's not a default configuration. Uh, the other thing is application enablement. Uh, there's a lot of applications that we're, we need to enable uh, by doing some special things for, for uh, permissions. And so that's an area that would be some limitations to be aware of. And then uh, it supports up to 50,000 users, but uh, uh, so if you have a greater need than that, then we've got some work that we've got to do to support more than that. Applications that are not yet supported are things that require elevated permissions to do installation or to run. Um, if they have uh, managed service accounts that you need to create, if they need access to specific containers that uh, you don't have permissions to do, or if they have code that they need to run on the, on the um, domain controller or change registry entries in the domain controller, those types of applications are not enabled at this point. Uh, we're looking at how to deal with those. We're, that's uh, an area that we, we're, we really want to expand in. The example applications that would be like Microsoft Exchange and SharePoint AD Federation services, those all require some special permissions that are not yet in there. Uh, I'm going to zip through this one real quick. We'll get on to the next piece. So it's managed domain service with different availability zones. Does We do the patching, the replications, the snapshots. Um, it's really easy to set up. It's super fast to set up. Uh, and then we delegate that OU to you where you can control everything. Now, you do have 750 hours of free, uh, free trial use of the directory. So when you set it up, if it's your first time using a directory, the first 750 hours is, is uh, a free trial period. After the 750 hours, there is a charge. This is not free tier. A lot of people get confused thinking it was free tier, and then they get down the road three months, and they go, hey, my bill, it's, I got charged. So you just be aware it's free trial, not free tier. Okay, let's talk about AD on EC2 Windows. All right. So now you're managing your own Active Directory. You have to uh, sort out your IP addressing and your DNS, uh, availability strategy, global catalog servers, uh, sites and services, domain joining, all this, all this work. So this is all you have to manage all this as you have on your on-premises environment. All right, so um, again, this is the, the you want to use this when Microsoft AD does not support your use case. And so uh, because you have a lot of work to do, you're going to have to worry about your backups. Uh, you're going to have to worry about your, how you're going to do your connectivity. You know, you have this, the connectivity is still an issue for both Microsoft AD and, 
and for EC2, running AD on EC2, you have to choose VPN or, or Direct Connect. Uh, you have to make sure you set up your security groups properly. Uh, in the case of Microsoft AD, we set the security groups automatically for you, so you don't have a lot of work to do there. So you've got to make sure you understand which ports you've got to be dealing with and, and enable those. And you're going to have to work on your sites and services and make sure that those are configured right so that the traffic flows the right way, um, do site link costs and all that. Uh, applications that require schema extensions and additional services, you'll uh, like these applications, this would be a good use case. Now, one of, I forgot to mention something in the previous slide. Um, we just released uh, schema extensions for Microsoft AD. So if your application requires schema extensions, you now have the ability to upload an LDIF file to through the console to uh, our service, and then we'll apply that LDIF to the schema of the directory, and and then uh, you can use those applications. Now, it that solves the problem for applications that need extensions to the directory, but it does not solve the case where they need managed service, where the application needs managed service accounts or other permissions that we that we haven't delegated yet. So, and a lot of people in the beginning raise your hand on the .NET applications. Um, the schema extensions may help you if, as long as you don't have special um, permissions that you need from those other applications. Now, uh, when you set up your uh, system, you want to make sure you're setting up your DHCP option sets so that uh, you've got, you know, you'll have, if you're using NetBIOS, you'll need to set up your NetBIOS name servers to point to your AD in the cloud. Uh, you want to make sure you set the NetBIOS node type, uh, set up your DNS servers to point to the um, domain controllers that you're creating in the cloud. And then for your... Um, sites and services, you want to make sure that you're setting this up so that when you're spanning these networks that this will all work correctly because if your DC in the top right goes down, you want to make sure your traffic is flowing in a, in a good way. If, you, if that DC goes down, you don't want uh, your applications that are in Seattle going up into the cloud to resolve things. You want to make sure they take a shorter path. So you're going to want to make sure you set up the costing in your routes so that uh, the, the, the costing is faster within your corporate network to go from Seattle to Tacoma than it would be to go up into the cloud. So that's something you'll, you'll want to make sure that you set up. All right. So um, you may run into situations where you say, well, gosh, I've got these applications that require uh, AD running on EC2 instances in the cloud because I need these permissions and things. But I also want to use RDS SQL Server. I want to maybe use workspaces as well. So this is the configuration that you would use for that. You can combine Microsoft AD with an AD that you're running in the cloud. You could have the domain controller that's in the cloud that you set up in your uh, private subnet that could be set up to do replication with your on-premises directory and then do a trust from Microsoft AD that's running as a managed service to your DC in the, in the cloud. And then that allows you to run RDS SQL Server and you can run workspaces and do all that work up in the cloud and have that all, all put together. Does this make sense? Okay. All right. Um, I've left time to make sure I can answer questions for you guys. I want to uh, direct you to a couple of other sessions that are, are there available. Uh, Win 303, now this one actually started at 530 in, uh, in the other room. 
uh, they're showing how to launch a 100,000 user corporate office. So that might be something, if you can't make it to the session, uh, make sure you pick up the session notes and also these uh, sessions are being recorded. They'll be available as YouTube so you can act, won't have to miss that. And then tomorrow at, uh, I think it's one o'clock in 3203 next door, uh, we have how to migrate Microsoft Windows applications to AWS quickly. So this will cover a lot of the details. Now, in addition to these related sessions, uh, there are some great materials that we've got available for you, uh, particularly in the quick start area. We have, um, how many people have seen the quick starts? A few of you. Okay, so these are, these are really good tools. We've got a number of quick starts that talk about deploying Active Directory in the cloud, um, Exchange Server 2013 in the cloud, SharePoint, all these things. And they also come with uh, uh, cloud formation templates that you can use to quickly set things up. So you can use cloud formation templates and just get this stuff up and running. And otherwise you can use the PDF files to follow along on the step-by-step -step basis of these things. Now, uh, as I was just wrapping up here, I remembered something that I wanted to talk about that I didn't point out earlier, and this is uh, about DNS. And when you're working with, uh, whether you're doing AD on EC2 instances or you're doing Microsoft AD, you want to make sure your DNS is, is set up right for accessing uh, resources that are in the cloud that might not be domain joint. Um, with, in that situation, you want to make sure you're setting up conditional forwarders. And when you set up those conditional forwarders, you can't just set them up to the .2 DNS server that's in your VPC because those DNS servers are, have an assumption that you're isolating the resolution to only addresses that are in that VPC. So if you have things that are like, uh, maybe you've got peered VPCs or something like that, you can't actually do it directly to that that DNS IP. So you may need to set up a bind server in, and do your conditional forwarders to the bind server so that the, the DNS forwarding works right. And there's some uh, blog posts that cover that topic that we've got up on the website. So um, that's uh, what I've got right now. I wanted to open this up now and uh, for any questions you've got about your specific deployments, questions about particular applications you might have, um, anything you've got special. Yeah, if you want to come up to the mic, that way everybody can hear and they'll catch it on the recording as well.